Hey fam, uh, there's been a lot of heavy things going on in our world. Um, shootings in churches and schools in supermarkets um, over the past few weeks uh, and even this week that have been heavy on, on many minds and and uh, even beyond that, maybe some heavy things going on in your individual world that touch you at a personal level. And I, I've just, I've heard from a lot of people who are grieving right now, and I feel it actually in my own bones, in my own spirit. And I just thought it was important to take a few minutes to be able to pour into uh, you and encourage you um, with a teaching on lament. And so uh, I'm joined by Christina Scott, and we're just going to gonna talk about uh, what it means to lament and why it's so important that we do and uh, why it's a really holy thing um, and really important um, for our walk with God um, to find hope as uh, we grieve um, the tragedies uh, of our world and of our own personal life. So just to kind of focus our time, uh, there's so many aspects of of the current tragedies, the recent tragedies, uh, the school in Texas, um, just downright evil, um, sin at its worst, um, that's a top of mind this week. And there's a lot of conversations, hours and research and all the things to discuss, like what can we do? What should we do? And and those are important conversations to have. But in the focus to our time, I, I and what my, I feel like my genuine you know, direct calling is today is to really um, help you steward your soul first. Uh, we can have the conversations of, of, of what do we need to do as a society? What can I do personally to make a difference in the world? What can we do as a church? Those are important conversations. Um, but I want to just help us kind of steward our emotions today that we're feeling um, right on the heels of, of this shooting um, just yesterday. And so let's talk about um, lament. Uh, lament is not a familiar word. <laughs> Um, I don't ever use it, <laughs> and I'm a pastor. I don't use it that often, um, really only on the heels of tragedy or when someone's grieving do I bring it up. And uh, not only that, um, so most of us are not familiar with it. Uh, many of us would feel like we're not as familiar with it because um, we haven't gone through enough things to where we've had to grieve deeply. There's some who are listening to this and be like, oh, I know that word very well um, because I'm a follower of Christ and um, I've been through a lot of hardship, a lot of things I've had to grieve through. And so it's something that as life goes, as we experience tragedy and loss and understand that there's more than one way to grieve. And I've often even said in the past, there's there's no wrong way to grieve. I've said that in the past, and I actually disagree with myself mm-hmm. from the past. I think there are wrong ways to grieve. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the grief that we see in the scriptures that we're led to um, is is a grieving with hope. Right. And, and that's what... Um, as as Jesus said, we don't grieve like the world. Or for Thessalonians, we don't grieve like the world, uh, Paul says. And so it, lament has been described in many ways um, as prayer out of pain. Um, we have an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. It's actually six poems 
um, like that are acrostics, you know, <laughs> in themselves, which is is just human touch, divine inspiration with, you know, our best ability to describe in, again, poetic form to or almost organize what we feel in that, in a tragic situation that Israel um, found themselves in, um, reflecting on the siege of Jerusalem and the exile of the Jews. And um, there, there's a lot to be, to be said of this. It, it's familiar to the scriptures. Um, we get a ton of lament in a book that we call praises. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Yeah. When, you, when I hear the word lament. Yes. So two thirds of the Psalms, you know, many have said two thirds of the Psalms are lament. Uh, and it's important that we differentiate lament from complaining. And it'll take time to describe and really understand lament. Um, but it's, it's a way in expressing um, the unmet. Um, expectations to a God who knows all and and loves us, um, but it, it's it's different than complaining. You know, complaining is when Israel is post Exodus and they're complaining about what God's not doing. It it's a uh, it's putting God on trial. It's um, you know running down the character of God. That's not what lament is. It's it's a way of coming to our father with our cares and it feels our, our, and I want to talk about our feelings a good bit in this because that's where this emanates from is, is the feelings of grief, feeling of loss, um, the longings in our heart and what feels like negative emotions are actually um, like grief. Like it's a, it's a negative thing. We don't want to feel it, but frankly it's, it's a really good feeling as humans that we should be feeling if we, yeah, it's important that not a good feeling, but yeah, an important feeling that actually I think draws us back to being made in the image of God. It, it, it cries out. This is not right. This is not the way things should be. And in that we, as believers are reminded of God's ultimate plan and the restoration of all things where there will be no more tears and no more pain. And so, like you said, it's super important that we slow down, slow down, slow down and not barrel through another news cycle, you know, not barrel through all the other things, but slow down to feel, slow down to name our pain um, one person said, um, lamenting, healthy lament is naming our pain and moving towards God. Um, because often in our pain, like we can move away from God and we can hurl those insults and be like, this is, why didn't you do something? How could you let things, but it's moving towards God and worship and prayer and fellowship and community, um, in his word, uh, moving, moving towards God. And so being able to to understand these layers of maybe there's even a version of, of of this lament that reminds us that we are his kids, that 
we can bring complaint to God. We can bring lament to God. We can bring our grief and our, our pain. And the beauty that we find in Christ is that he came to feel. When I was young, I I, I really would be like, oh, Jesus wept. I love that verse because it was like the one I could remember. And mm-hmm. you know, it was like a cute, like funny kid in class to say, Jesus wept. It was whatever. So I've grown older. It, it is deeply powerful to me Absolutely. that God came to this earth and feels and wept. And he knows the end from the beginning, like he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and yet mm-hmm. wept. Right. Lamented in his own right mm-hmm. in that moment for the gravity of, of death. Yeah. And, and really, it's a two word sentence, right? For us, I have no idea what it was originally, but it's a two word sentence for us in the English. And it doesn't matter where you place the emphasis. Which word? Which sentence? Jesus wept. Oh, Jesus wept. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you place the emphasis on Jesus. If you say Jesus right, wept. Yeah. Or if you say Jesus wept. Yeah. That sentence means a lot. Yeah. About who our God is yeah. and what his willingness is. That's I mean, again, I know I say this all the time, but like God is the God. He makes the rules. He is, you know, the beginning, the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is God. Yeah. And so he could have made it. So his life wasn't just perfect that he lived it, but the circumstances were perfect for him. He could have there are lots of things that our God could have done to be a different example and still be a perfect example. Yeah. It's this, you know, reminder of that we're his kids. It's, I think furthermore, it's a, it's a, a, a road to real intimacy with God. Um, a painful road, but a road in which we know that the God who suffered and died for us. And I, I was always intrigued by the passage where Paul says, I've, I, I want to be, um, I want to look it up because it's not top of mind right now. But anyway, to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is what Paul says. The exact reference, I think it's Philippians 3, uh, middle of the chapter, like, I can't, I'm not drawing exactly. I want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. That that passage is um, powerful to me. To, and I think that's part of lament is in whatever grief, whatever pain that we're feeling, we come to know God and we fellowship with him in his sufferings and his weeping and his suffering and dying for us. Uh, you found it. Um, was I in the r- right were book? Philippians three ten. Oh, I, I was. I couldn't remember if it was ten or eleven, but that's where, where my head was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it says, "I'll just go back to verse nine and be found in Him." Let's see, eight. Indeed, I count everything. So Philippians three verse eight. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Yeah, so it's it's a pathway to, to intimacy with, with God. It, it's in these moments of of lament, seasons of lament, um, we pray for God to act too. Like mm-hmm. we're drawing close yeah. to him to God, would you move? Would you comfort those families? Would yes. you, would you help churches? Would, yes. would you help us be an answer in our communities to, to see violence cease? Would you, you know, guide senators and governors to, to put, you know, things in place, educators to put things in, to keep our kids safe, um, checks, balance, like whatever we need for all the things. Um, we're praying for, for God to, to act and, and, and guide. Um, and then I think maybe one other thing I'd mention here, and I've got a couple other things I want to share, but is, and this has been a, a real struggle. And, and this is for even people that enter into ministry. One of the difficult things to do is to learn to feel the pain of others. Yeah. Empathy. Um, but God's a, God cared about this idea of empathy enough that he sent his only son mm-hmm. um, to f- like it, not clearly to die, to raise for the third day, to, right. to be a sacrifice for sin, but to feel, mm-hmm. but to feel all the feelings um, to, live out divine empathy at its greatest extent. It could never be said, you don't understand right. of God. It could never be said. And so when we lament, it's it's not just, hey, how I feel about this, but it's entering into the way other people feel about this, the pain of uh, other humans um, with the image of God on their life, mm-hmm. um, the pain of other brothers and sisters in Christ, the way they're feeling what they're going through this. And so it's not really about what I'm feeling all the time. Sometimes it, it's lamenting because of what our country is feeling. And so if you're a person that you know kind of wants to barrel through and and move on, or you're just not feeling like everybody else is feeling, I'd encourage you to slow down and participate in the pain of others. It's good for your soul. You become more like God in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way in which we do that again is is different. Um, um, one pastor said, uh, limit is not our final prayer. It's our prayer in the meantime, um, between, mm-hmm. between the, um, what is now and, and what is yet to come. Right. That like here and not yet here kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, we can, we can, you know, lift up our prayers and hope of that, that, um, Christ has, um, has made a way, um, and will make a way. Um, and, and to agree with hope for um, eternity um, with no more crying, with no more pain and uh, full restoration of humanity um, where sin and evil is, is, um, does not prevail even in the temporary. Yeah. Um, God prevails in the eternal. Um, and the essence of our hope is that eternal life. Um, that, that's the, the long... Um, arm of God's justice, you know, as, as MLK put it, um, it's a long arm, but it, but it bends towards justice and it's God's justness that all things will be made right and renewed and, um, restored 
yeah. to his intent. What? So I have a question. Um, what would you say? How can how can we just really practically recognize whether we are? I think we can recognize whether we're like complaining to God or mm-hmm. lamenting. I think we can. I think we can figure that out. Probably most of us can self evaluate. But how can we figure out if we are being empathetic or if we are just like staying down in the dump? Like if we're just not, if we're, if we're not, I don't know, just sort of like sitting in it for longer than God Mm -hmm. intends. Like how do we know if we're feeling empathy or if we are just unwilling to come out of it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know that it's an easy one either. I, I would say if we find ourselves moving away from God, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one thing to sit in the same place, to feel all that. When our brain starts to move towards hopelessness, we're facing the wrong direction. Right. We are. We, yeah. we have the benefit of hope in Christ that changes our perspective on how we see, on how we, we process. And the deeper that gets rooted into our soul, we're, we're processing deeply in light of that truth. It's not one or the other. Am I in complete desperation or complete hope? I'm in complete hope and wrestling yeah. with this mess of evil and sin present in the world and pain of emotions. And it's all in one box. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is this constant clinging Mm -hmm. to the reality of our hope. Yeah. Clinging and grasping are two different things, you know, and we're in two different places when we're grasping for hope because I'm so desperate. I'm so hopeless. But when I'm clinging to hope, I'm hanging on to it. And yet everything's trying to pull me away from it. But I'm clinging to my, I've got a clenched fist right now. Mm -hmm. I'm clinging to this hope. And I think that's the way we ought to lament Mm -hmm. is clinging to the hope that we have in Christ. When everything wants to pull us from it, our heart, our emotions, but while we're clinging, we're processing and we're praying and we're praising God that we bring it to him and yeah. we're, we're, we're weeping as we do and we're, we're mourning with brothers and sisters and asking hard questions yeah. and, um, you know, and prayerful. As you were saying that, what I was hearing, and you, you got there, um, but what I was hearing even as you started and you were and you were here wrestling through it and like both of us talk with our hands and stuff, you guys don't get to see that. But as I, what I was hearing was that like you're, you're still in empathy and you're still in like a healthy lament if you can say, but God. Right. Right. If you're, if, if you can't yeah, there's see. There's a lot of those buts in the Psalms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you can't see that right if you can't see the the goodness if you yeah. if you're if you're unable yeah. to see how he's working or or his goodness or if you're unable to get to the but god then yeah then maybe that's an unhealthy place yeah definitely um, that's an unhealthy place i i think we're probably i don't know about equally unhealthy i i'm not here to do all that but 
Um, it's not healthy either when we're unwilling to slow down. Right. Because that stuff, it bottles up and mm-hmm. and um, those emotions bottled up um, blow up at some right. point. So, right. um, Well, and it's, it's not... Um, it's it's not an appropriate discipleship. Well, I mean, that's probably the it sounds very harsh to say that, but if we're following Christ, if we're following Jesus and unwilling to slow down, like that's literally most of the gospels is him mm-hmm. slowing down and looking somebody in the face and asking them about their pain. Yeah. Talking to them about like how he can you know what I mean? Like how he is the answer at that kind of thing. So if, if we're unwilling to recognize that someone else is in pain, yeah, we're unwilling to recognize even, you know, it doesn't have to come up right to our yeah. door, but if we're unwilling to recognize that, that people are hurting and they're in pain, then that's not a real healthy place either. Yeah. Well, one, one final thought um, here that we often go to on Good Friday um, as Jesus hangs on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a prayer of lament um, that Jesus prays. And it's important to remember that he prays it as an, he's an innocent man. And a lot of the things that grieve us the most are innocence lost and taken. And, it's important for us to remember that Christ himself put himself as an innocent victim um, and recalled Psalm 22, verse 1, said in Aramaic, the originals in Hebrew, and, and called upon this um, to, to recall, one, those who are looking at him, <laughs> who are mourning, mm-hmm. In that moment. expressing that, to basically say, hey, hey, <laughs> God's with you, to double-click that passage for us, which is profound, to say the least. Um, did you pull it up? I, yeah. I have yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe it's just appropriate for us to end this podcast by by reading it um, and uh, and praying and praying for us um, as as God is placing himself in Christ um, in understanding what it means to be exiled from where you should be and want to be. Um, Jesus is living out again as he hangs on the cross the Israel story um, and and finds himself um, fulfilling and bringing, bringing hope to us today. Psalm 22, a Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm 
and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him. But he has heard when he cried to him, From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him, It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. God, I thank you so much that you meet us in our grief and you invite us into your love and your faithfulness and your kindness and your concern for us. You, you recall, um, you, you bring us back to, um, your, your perfect plan, God, that, that doesn't feel so perfect in the meantime. Um, but God, you remind us of your faithfulness to the very end to, uh, redeem and to restore, uh, your creation. Um, and with your people, we shall reign with you in eternity. God, we thank you that you, are a God who hears. You are a God who came to feel, that uh, walks with us through the valleys, that 
um, that guides us and comforts us in our time of need. I pray that you would uh, be with each of us that are mourning uh, today and uh, this week and this season of just a lot of violence, a lot of um, evil in our world. God, would you uh, lead us in um, in hope um, towards um, the promise of a future with you um, in eternity. Uh, we love you. Continue to lead us and guide us that we may um, be your representatives here on earth um, in this day and age that you have called us to. May, may we be faithful as you are faithful. In Christ's holy name.